welcome to the 90s Club Footy Podcast. This week on episode 23 of the podcast, we head to Princess Park and chat with Premiership midfielder Adrian Gleeson. Adrian, who was picked up from Kuroit in the Hampton Football Netball League, played 176 games and kicked 174 goals in a career that spanned over 11 seasons in the famous Navy Blue. Adrian was a member of the 1987 Premiership team and recorded a top 10 placing in the 1988 Brownlow medal. In this episode, Adrian talks about his debut game against Collingwood at Victoria Park, the 1987 Premiership win and celebrations, playing in the famous Battle of Britain match against North Melbourne, missing out on the 1995 grand final team, his off-field roles with Carlton and his favourite blues characters. So sit back, relax and enjoy my chat with Adrian Gleeson. Joining me on the 90s Club Footy podcast is a former Carlton superstar and I'm pretty lucky to uh, speak to this fellow because he sort of comes around from uh, my region as well around Warnable, just outside of Warnable at Croyce, and I speak of Adrian Humphrey Bear Gleeson. Uh, Adrian, thanks for joining us, mate. No, pleasure to be here, Trent. Trust you well. Mate, going super, and uh, looking forward to having a chat with you, mate. Obviously, I'm looking to connect with some of the players that have come from our really rich region, um, so I'm looking forward to hearing your story, mate, and, and, and sort of reflecting on your career. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yes, it's a long time ago, though, so I have to remember it all. Years <laughs> <laughs> since uh, we've already had Hey, mate, before we sort of get into the footy chat, I always ask my guests, um, you know, post-football, what do you what are you doing with yourself um, currently, work-wise? Yeah, um, work with a company, I direct with a company called John's Lean Group, which is a national uh, insurance reinstatement business. So I guess, yeah, we're for all the major insurance companies around, around Australia, for the 34 offices. Um, so when a tree falls on a house or any property damage, we actually then go and fix it. Yeah, right. Fair to say, there's uh, lots going on up in Queensland, New South Wales, for president. So whilst it's uh, incredibly sad and uh, what's happening to, to all those regions, and it just uh, we then go and fix it, repair it, and drive it out. And so lots of work yeah, right. Uh, you'd be keeping busy, and obviously a pretty tough gig. I would have thought as well, especially when you have these sort of emergencies and so forth going on. And I guess you know, even Victoria-wise, we seem to have a lot of floods or fires around that Gippsland way as well. You know, throughout the course of the years as well. So um, it'd be a pretty tough gig to, uh, to I guess, have, you know, during those times. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're always dealing with emotional and vulnerable customers, I guess, who've, who've had a, you know, extreme event happen, so it's never easy. But, uh, you know, it's just getting the house back to uh, to the stand it was before event. And, um, but, it, yeah, it does like a lot of work. You know, we've got a you know, team of about 1,600 in Australia now, so it's quite a big company. It's grown a lot, obviously, on the back of these events and uh, all the uh, insurance clients that come across the country, so... It was an exciting place to work, really good uh, people, um, great energy and it's pretty fast paced most of the time. So it's good. Mate, let's talk some footy. That's what we're all here about. Uh, I want to talk about your journey from Hampton League Kuroit, which is uh, currently an absolute powerhouse. Maybe sort of didn't achieve as what you, back then from when you were playing as a young bloke to what they're achieving now, but still a, a fantastic football club. Tell me how you were picked up by Carlton, as I think Fitzroy would have been the... Uh, the owners of the zone back in uh, that day? Yeah, they were. It's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I, yeah, exactly like everyone down here was, uh, was owned in Fitzroy and uh, before the junior 
uh, programs. So I guess you know through the hand leaving the schoolboys and you know playing for um, for a couple of years when I was 16, 17. Um, then a long story short, I went down and played a practice match uh, at Fitzroy in the reserves and uh, in '85, the start of '85. Still doing HSBCE or HSC as it was then, and um, and I just decided I'd, I'd do my HSC and come back. And then that year, Robert Walls moved from Fitzroy to Carlton, and David Park and went from Carlton to Fitzroy. Um, so long story short, as soon as Walsey um, got the gig, he rang me up and come down to Warrnambool, Corroy, to the farm. Him and Ian Collins, um, I'm hooked up a, a massive roast and. Uh, Basically, started the the transaction, if you like, to uh, to come to Carlton. So it took a few weeks to get my head around it. You know, I was probably always thought growing up uh, in the Fitzroy zone, uh, being in the Fitzroy zone is probably where I was headed. But um, just sort of an awesome opportunity with Carlton um, threw at me, if you like. And uh, so it was a bit like a free agent um, as well, because with the zoning on the junior zone back then, um, they had like an under 19s list and a senior list. Um, I was on the under 19s list, but got removed. Couple years prior, which I had no idea about, because um, I wasn't playing down there. They had um, uh, a few injuries, and they just topped up the list. So first, I knew about. I got a couple of calls from other clubs in that on that year that I was basically free agent. So um, strange how life works and how it all, all worked out. So you know, three ten months before that, I never thought of playing at club football club was would be uh, opportunity. You know, would, would try to fit So yeah, it's very fortunate. Putting the Blues back towards the centre wing area. Out to meet it is Gleeson. He takes a good mark. Young boy from Kuroit in the Western District. Stolen from Fitzroy Sandy. What a time to join as well. I just want to ask you about, you know, can you remember much about the first day or week of pre-season? You know, what was it like training when you walked in through the doors and you see the likes of Brucey Dool, Mark McClure, uh, Wayne Johnston, Harms, Hunter, these sort of guys, like... Did you have to pinch yourself a little bit thinking, uh, you know, these are just bona fide superstars of the game? They were. And, you know, they come off, uh, you know, the three flags and 79, 81, 82. And, you know, a lot of those guys in Bristol played in, you know, uh, I think four, four or five flags. Um, but, yeah, no, it was incredible. It was something that, um, they were, you know, a few of those coming towards the end of the career. And um, I was fortunate one year with Bruce, who was 36 and I was 18. Had the locker next to him, uh, you know, it was a it was a very quiet man, but a, a very, you know, inspirational at the same time. But I do remember my first training. I was early uh, January the third or fourth, and we went to Collingwood Athletic Track. It was fifty or sixty of us, and you had to uh, send me laps you doing fifteen minutes. Um, so that was my introduction. And the next day, I jumped on a plane and went to Hawaii for two weeks of training camp. So um, it was probably the best introduction you could have because it was like. Back then in the, uh, in the 80s, uh, you know, it was training incredibly hard. It'd be like a footy trip at night time, so lots of beers. And, uh, but it was just great bonding, you know. So I spent two weeks with these guys. And, you know, again, pretty surreal. Spain of Wine, Hinton Village, which is a, you know, five-and-a-half-star resort. Uh, 50 girls, probably 30-odd staff. Um, we run down at Hawaii University in the mornings at 7 o'clock. And train again at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so some of the mornings we all struggled, but to get up and, and get amongst it. Um, but it was just, yeah, incredible opportunity with the bonding. And you mentioned those guys like Mark McClure was our captain, Sellers, first year, and, um, and all that Jimmy Buckley, uh, you know, incredibly funny, you know, probably taught the essence of work really hard, but also they played pretty hard as well. So yeah, a lot of fun along the way. Uh, and that year we had to go down and Craig Bradley and Peter Motley to write the, they were there 
I think they're starting that end of December. I got there uh, in early January, so sort of a, a new group was forming, if you like, um, as well. And obviously, we went on to play in the grand final that year. We got beat, but uh, yeah, it was an incredible start. You know, I was just so fortunate to have that opportunity to to mix, if you like, the fifty of guys um, and all the committee um, staff. So it was a pretty um, quick interaction, if you like. 1986, you played your first game in round 17 and you cut him up against, I guess, your arch rivals in Collingwood. And I just, I was reading during the week when I was doing some research that it was the last time, your debut game was the last time Carlton played Collingwood at Victoria Park. Um, So what a moment, I guess, you know, and a pretty hostile crowd, I would have thought too, because knowing Collingwood at Victoria Park, the hatred towards Carlton would have been big and what a big stage to, uh, to make your debut on. It was. It, it certainly was. Uh, first game, the only fond memories. Um, I think it was the Saturday after the uh, May Race Carnival on the Thursday down in Morville. So a lot of hungover people arrived on, on the Saturday morning, including family and friends. Um, yeah, it was. It was something that, you know, it's probably hard to put in words playing your first game, especially, you know, it was very parochial, suburban footy at its, at its best. Uh, you know, 30 odd thousand, I imagine, or late trainees, um, parochial. Collingwood, it's very similar to what you need when you go into state later in the career when you're playing against Adelaide and West Coast. You know, it's very hostile crowds and it's very similar there. But fortunate enough to have the win. Um, we won by four or five goals. A couple of kicks, nothing sensational. But yeah, again, we just, I guess, took a little while to adjust the pace as an 18, 19 year old, just the, uh, the ferocity, if you like. And a couple of the blues that game as well. It's pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> Um, were you, am- were you amongst it or? No, no, no. I let, uh, I let uh, Jimmy Buckley and a few of those boys reach, uh, sort that out. But uh, yeah, it was sort of welcome, you know. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty uh, interesting time. The following year, you, know, you really established yourself in the team. I think you played nearly almost every game. You might have missed one or two from just from memory looking at your stats. What a great yeah. second season for you. But, um, you know, He's won the flag in 87, a really great win against a, a Hawthorne side that was so dominant at that period of time. I guess, you know, he'd played in finals against Essendon previously and so forth. What are your, what are your memories from that famous day? Yeah, I mean, the, the lead-in was, was, you mentioned 86, I played a handful of games, you know, um, probably, you know, reflecting, wasn't probably ready, mature, or, you know, mentally and, and physically. Um, but, you know, we went on one the reserves for the four ninety six. We had the senior reserves back when they were obviously all playing together. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience again running at the MCG. Um, at midday, not at 2 o'clock. On, uh, in 86, we had, uh, you know, incredible experience. I think we had five, eight premiership players in the reserves team. People like Ron Ashman, uh, you know, played a number of flags. Um, you know, we can go on and, you know, Alex Marku and Ken Charlton, uh, and I really, you know, played a similar game or similar role to I did and were incredibly uh, helpful in my career earlier on. Um, so I think having that, um, you know, that experience playing those guys sets up and I got knocked out uh, the last practice match. So I missed the first game um, in that year and then played the second game and then played every game since then. We played 23 or four games and three in the grand final. So, yeah, amazing, uh, you know, incredible memories. Um, you know, 33 or 4 degrees. Um, you know, just to build up and excitement, I guess, and, you know, training at Carlton that week, you know, it's reported 15,000, 20,000, which obviously happens most grand final weeks. Um, but incredibly proud club and pretty uh, parochial. And I guess it was a sort of a new beginning, if you like, when they were so successful in the late 70s, early 80s. And 
you know, probably half a dozen or a dozen new guys coming along. And, um, yeah, it was Wayne Johnson's fourth flag and, you know, Ken Anna's third flag. Um, and those guys who, uh, you know, it was just, they just steered the way, if you like, and sort of put everyone at ease. And I think, you know, we won the second semi, so we had a week off. That was the infamous prelim final when Gary Buck and Eric did the goal after the song to get the Hawks in. Um, you know, so we were, we were well rested. Although it's very hard to say you're well rested with Robert, Robert Walsh's case because he trained us <laughs> incredibly hard. But, you know, I, I think, you know, being 33, having that week off, it certainly it was all set up for us to uh, to over the top. We did in the last four and a half, you know. So you're right, Hawthorne incredibly had an amazing uh, battle with them. They beat us the year before. Um, they won three out of four flags. I think it was 86, 88, 89. And, you know, obviously their team was Liverpool champions. And, Got to know a few of them over the years, great bunch of guys, uh, you know, super, super hard, but I guess it was, you know, lucky enough to uh, be part of that team that day and play a role. The celebrations, I imagine, would have been pretty solid with you, uh, Carlton boys, as I see you raising yeah. your eyebrows there. And I guess, you know, from a from a footballer's point of view, one of the most favourite moments is the great Stephen Sticks Kernahan um, yeah. rendition of Stand By Your Man and throwing the pot or smashing the pot or whatever it was. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, that would have been fun times. Yeah, the celebrations yeah. would have been would have been terrific. Yeah, they went on at home on a Thursday, I think. So, given the occasion, and what they went for it was uh, that was Mad Monday of Stixie's infamous um, "Stand By Man" rendition. They actually said he wouldn't mind a dollar for every time he got played because um, come infamous. But I think that's part of the man he is. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it was. It was you know obviously back to the old Southern Cross that night. Uh, you know, we stayed in the rooms for a number of hours. Again, it was incredibly hot. Few people suffered heat exhaustion over David Glasgow and Peter Dean. Uh, you know, both basically collapsed, if you like, um, over the ten at night. Um, but yeah, it was a really taxing day, but I think the after party was a bit more taxing for me. I think like two and a half quarters, I think it was that day. So a bit of energy left and yeah, it was good. We uh as I said, we you know, had a couple of massive massive week. Uh went home to court on Friday and back on the Sunday to tell the family and friends. Um up to Mickey Burks, so it was a fond memory with the Premiership Medallion. And uh, the next week, we actually had to train on the Wednesday night, believe it or not, because we actually went to London uh, four days after that to play in the Battle of Britain. Oh, London, yes. Another infamous, uh, so two weeks after the Grand Final, we were in London again for eight days. Very similar party uh, theme. I think we'll be hoping ourselves a lot before the game, but apart from that, uh, Battle of Britain on the, on the Sunday, so. Yeah, pretty, tell me, about, tell me, time. tell me about the Battle of Britain, Glace. Like that would have just that was like from the vision we saw, like <laughs> unbelievable, hard and physical, and she was oh, all oh, like yeah. Donkey Kong, really, wasn't it? It was. It, it, it's probably the most. I'm not sure physical is the right name, but um, intimidating, maybe. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just on. I mean, I think if you go back to that final series when John Kennedy was coaching North, they got beat by eighty-one points in the elimination final for. Um, Melbourne, and you know, obviously embarrassed, and they, and they potentially saw this as a, a redemption, you know, against the premiers. And yeah, from, from I reckon it was the first 10 15 minutes, it was going on, and uh, spot fires everywhere, it was all in brawls, and they got six people got reported. Uh, yeah, it was uh, crazy. And I remember being Aiken got carried off, his jaw broken, and you know, sort of semi behind the play, um, you know, King Head, and, and then, you know, that's what I guess started, if you like, what prompted the reaction from all of us, and sort of running all in and 
uh, was Wolsey Attitude and I for nine. Um, probably doesn't apply today, but all of the 2022 we are. But that was it pretty back then. And uh, I remember, of course, the time Wolsey said basically, in a matter of words, that he's not to walk off the ground. So, <laughs> not, you know, not a great thing to say at the time, but that's the way it was, I guess. And, you know, it was, uh, everyone was out to get him, you know, and sort of us to play a role and, and then just sort of grew from there, you know. But as soon as the game finished, it was everything was, uh, you know, said, could we stay in the same hotel? We had a few social functions together again, you know, great, great bunch of guys. But yeah. And Garoos, and um, it was just that two hour of, of uh, madness, really. Um, I didn't throw too many punches in my life in the three field, but threw a couple left out. So. Did you land any? That's the most important uh, well, thing. One was a bit embarrassing. One was around, um, I was first in the center of Clarkson, uh, sorry, Alison Clarkson. So, you know, he ran out to his jaw and then looked up, fell over, and then ducked out the back door. And that six others got reported. So, I think I tried my video and I was back there. I, I would have a bit of a spell, but. <laughs> uh, Not something bad on, I guess, but at the same time, it was, it was the way it was. And, yeah. Yeah, but we had a good time, mate. You know, we went to John John Ellis Memorial a couple of weeks ago, which you know, Big Jack was president for the twelve years I was there. Um, got to know him really well, and um, but he, he was fossilising the world. So as Carlton players, and uh, were the benefactor of, of going on these trips. And we went five trips to London over over my time in the twelve years, and then over to Canada and LA as well. You know, he played me on the world fossilising world and we the showcase of it. So. Good memories, you know, saw the world, um, basically, you know, for, for those trips and using that as a springboard in Europe and then spent a lot of time in, in the US uh, as well, end of the season. So we're very fortunate, um, you know, had success and then also the travel opportunities, which we grew up participating in. It was pretty, uh, pretty awesome, you know, coming from a dairy potato farm and, uh, you know, they all of a sudden play the game of the Oval. Yeah, so, awesome. I love it. One, one of the funny things of that trip, Jimmy Buckley, um, he was working for Foster's and he, he went over the week before. So on the Friday after the grand final, he actually went over and um, was doing the marketing, if you like, which was code for getting pissed at all the pubs and promoting the game. But he had one job to do was to put a big F on, on the oval. And uh, so the big blue and red red sign. So anyway, long story short, he, he got all the uh, equipment, you know, went down to the local Bunnings, Meant to buy water based paint, he bought Jack Dry. Um, and the big F was still there six months later when the West Indies were playing England at the Open. So he said he should have a pay rise because he, he promoted the game. That good that the big F was still there six months later. So very funny. I love it. A visionary, I reckon, for Foster's maybe at that stage. <laughs> hey, mate, I want to head to the, the 1990s. And I guess it was a really interesting start to the decade for the Carlton Blues. Obviously, on the back of the success in 87. And as you said before, like that transition of your, of your playing group, you know, your Duels and Johnstons were probably on their way out and the Kernahans and Bradleys and the Gleasons and Hannahs and these sort of types are on their way in. Um, I want to talk a bit about the coaching and, and however much you want to share, but it was a really interesting time, I guess, because middle of 89, Walls Premiership coach, um, I guess, was, was sacked, you know, no easier way to say it. Uh, Jezzelinko, club champion, come back and took on the role for the rest of 89 and 1990. And then Parco returned in 1991. Was that an unsettling time for the playing group? I guess with just the, I guess, no continuity with the coaches there for a couple of seasons. I think, uh, I'm not sure it was unsettling. It was just strange. I mean, look at Walsy's record. He, he started in 86, came runner up. Uh, we won it in 87, lost to Freeling in 88. 
So second, first, third, and he's one halfway through 89. So pretty ruthless. Um, you know, Walt Wills is a really, I mean, I love him as a coach. He taught me so much, but he, he was really intense and demanded, um, you know, really high standards and, and drove those probably ahead of his time. And I think a few of the older guys probably didn't, um, you know, who probably um, thought they earned enough over their time playing in premierships that. But it, anyway, a few of the players sort of spoke up and um, didn't particularly like the way that he, that he was coaching. I think so. Typical Palton style, I guess. They, they got rid of walls. He thought Jez Arena was a lot more relaxed. Um, you know, he was there for 18 months and then David Parkin uh, started with uh, 91. He was very similar to Wolsey. You know, incredibly prepared. Uh, you know, probably one of the greatest auditors if you like that. Orators, sorry, my orators that, you know, speaks incredibly well. And um, again, you know, we, we had a couple of bad years in 1991. Um, you know, the bottom half of the ladder. Uh, then we recruited on and then LCDs will come across as well. And we won nearly half the games in 91. And in 92, we uh, finished in the top. That's the only thing that wants to remember. play finals and, um, and you yeah. know, so we just obviously recruit really well, you know, change it up a bit. Obviously, Sporting and Earl and, uh, you know, Diesel are really important players and, and really started to see the next few years. You know, we didn't get to, lost in 93 to the Bombers. Incredibly uh, heartbreaking, if you like. <laughs> but, uh, and then 94, we, we, again, you know, we're a bit of an aging team as well. Um, and, you know, finished, I think, the second or third, lost both finals, went out straight to set. So they wrote a couple more for me, obviously, in the 90. 95 had an incredible year. We lost two games of the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So, also, all coaches are different. They all, they all learn from uh, different ways. Um, Wolsey was incredibly professional, incredibly disciplined, um, you know, really rewarded hard work and effort. Uh, Jason, Jason was a lot more relaxed. Uh, you know, he had a more free flying, if you like, just go and play footy and enjoy it. And then back over was sort of somewhere in between um, the structure of Wolsey and uh, and uh, free flight world. So, yeah, they're, they're all different, all good. Um, and, you know, obviously, Dave and, uh, you know, in case, all flags. So, yeah, it was interesting time. I was just, again, as that transition as we spoke about, um, you yeah, know, really, you just go and play footy. Don't really worry too much about the politics of the place. And, and so. Yeah. Did you always feel like, and I guess, was that the message from Parco? Like, when he came in, obviously had that change around of form in 92. Was there always that confidence that you guys could be a force again? And I guess, you know, with the grand final appearance in 93, you know, you weren't far away. Was there always that um, idea in the background that, hey, we've got a good playing group here, we've got a good coach, you know, we can certainly be the movers and shakers of the comp once again? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you always had confidence. You always went out and thought you are going to win because we had, you know, certainly at Maxwell, we probably... Didn't you know recruit as well early in the honours and our drafting and all that, but uh, you know we topped up as typically Carlton did with with some experience and some great players, and then you know it's got a camper Allen was drafted, and then some many tapers come out from WA and Andrew McKay in '93. So again, it was just like there's a nucleus there: Justin Mann and Peter Dean and Steve Sabani and Michael Sexton, Craig Bradley, Mill Hannah, Stephen Kernahan, uh, and then Diesel and Spalding. So you know. There's some pretty serious talent in that list, or just really, you know, developing uh, some of the younger kids and bringing some top up, you know, players along the way as well. So, you now Parco was, um, you know, trigger coach, and he handled a lot of the, I guess, the, the leadership group over in '95 um, to a lot of the senior players, and uh, you know, it was an incredible part of the foot. Unfortunately, around nine, I think it was. So, 
played the first uh, seven or eight games and then got injured. So they didn't miss me too much because they won every game since. So. <laughs> But I have seen goals kicked from there. He's oh, gone short. No one on Gleeson. He takes the easiest of marks and now can run into the open goal. He made it look that easy. Geelong's defence was not existent. But that's part of the game. And Carlton go on to 18 points. You just said before about the Essendon grand final loss. It was, it was quite devastating. And it was a, an intriguing battle all year with the Bombers. Like, I think you had that draw early on in the season. Then there was a loss. You had a win before the grand final. And, you know, you had that arch rivalness with uh, with Collingwood, but Essen was certainly a big arch rival there as well. How hard was it losing 93? Was that a really hard pill to swallow? Yeah, very much so. It was something that, you know, we got jumped early on. We were eight goals, seven goals down, and then we were able to see the water. You know. uh, it was one of those things where we knew we played in the first ever night final a couple of weeks before. Um, one by a kick, I think five points from memory. Uh, again, we had the week off. They played Adelaide in the prelim. You know, I think they were down by 40 odd points at half time. Yeah, yeah, they were. And, uh, and they come back. So, again, we're rested. Uh, yeah, no excuses. They come out. We, we just got uh, smashed every part of the ground. And um, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Um, I've never watched the game since. Mind you, I've never watched the 87 grand finals to Tara as well. So, um, you know, you move on pretty quickly. Um, you know, obviously it was a long pre-season. And again, you know, in 94, we, we had a really good year and went out in straight sets. So everyone thought we were too old, too slow. And, um, you know, and well, I guess, you know, the pleasing thing was for the whole group was 95. We were it back in that year they have. So. Yeah. Was 95 a hard year for you? Because as you said, you played the first nine out of the um, first 10. You played nine out of the first 10 games. You had that, uh, I think it was a um, knee injury that, you know, put you out for a few weeks. And then, as you said, they were going so well, hard to get in. You being, I guess, a, you know, a regular fixture of that side for a long time, was it was it tough not playing and not being a part of that success and then come grand final day, not being in that final lineup? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, you know, um, so it was. But, you know, I probably missed 10 weeks while I was trying to try and come back. Um, and, you know, it wasn't quite right. So I was looking around and then, you know, played a couple of, um, in the reserves, but then you know, I couldn't get a full full game. It was probably you know the last two weeks where I actually felt the knee was, was strong enough. But you know that was eleven weeks, twelve weeks after I'd um, played the last game. So yeah, it was incredibly tough. Um, you know, personally, it was you know sitting on watching grand final. I think by seven or eight points, so I was you know pretty much in the bag at half, half time. Um, but yeah, it was just pleasing uh, for everyone else. But yeah, it was tough, tough. For me, but you know, I was very fortunate to have one a few years before that, and um, uh, I guess it gives you a little bit of comfort. But at the time, it was incredibly hard, but you know, reflecting back now, it's it's, it's uh, you move on pretty quickly, as I said before. Yeah, and we and we all know you're a proud Carlton man too. So, like you know, you'd be absolutely chuffed that uh, you know the guys have got another premiership and and so forth. So, you know, we know that about you. You've got that really. Um, you know, that team orientation too, which was, uh, you know, might have been quite comforting for you as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of the mates, uh, obviously, you know, grew up with the Carlton play with them. Uh, and, you know, they, they included you and everything, um, you know, pre and post. Um, yeah, it's not quite the same, but that's okay. Hey, your last two seasons, uh, Adrian, were in 96 and 97. Um, you played majority reserves and no doubt, you know, you would have still had the itch to be playing senior footies, but, Senior footy, 
You won best and fairest in both of those years for the Carlton Reserves. Was that those two years really rewarding despite not playing the seniors because of the experience you could provide to that next generation coming through? Yeah, I think I think so. I think uh, 97, I wasn't on, I was basically, uh, wasn't on the list. I was like, I'll start with 96. Again, I, uh, first game, just about an elbow, missed the first six weeks. Um, so I had no injuries for like eight, nine years, played basically every day and the last couple of years towards the end, uh, did a knee, uh, and then come back the first game, just stayed an elbow. So, uh, again, you know, the team was going pretty well. I had a little first half. Um, I think I played four or five games, um, then got dropped when I got myself fit. Um, and then, end of that year, they set around about doing a system coaching role slash um, and development role, if you like, um, which is very common now. It wasn't that common then. So I, I stayed on for the year. Um, I probably played two out of three out of four games, maybe two out of three. Um, you've got more of the coaching side, certainly you know, um, coaching stocks uh, for the senior with Parco. So it's a really good experience for that. But in the end of the uh, the year 97, um, you know, it was toss up whether to go, you know, stay coaching or go in, into the finance world, which we were doing. But yeah, well, it, was a, it was a really good transition. Like the winning off the year, um, you know, uh, you know it helped, it helped in wherever I could in, in developing some of the younger players. You know, Eric Hamill and Lance Whitwell, a few of those guys, had a few reserves games, started their career and, um, you know, played a really small part in, in, the, in the development of that. But I did enjoy it. As we continue our countdown, thumped down towards the Carlton attacking zone, taken by Harms across to Gleeson. Is this the final nail in the coffin? It is! Following your career um, at the Carlton Blues, you then went on to uh, the board. Um, tell us a bit about your role on the board and, and did you enjoy your time on the board? And is it, it'd be a pretty full-on position, I would have thought. And I reckon, correct me if I'm wrong, you were football director there for a little while as well? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. So I had a few years off, um, you know, playing footy, uh, club was going through, uh, you know, all that. So it kept down off, you know, back in the early 2000s. And then, um, you know, got an opportunity, I think it was six, seven years after I finished to, uh, to go on the board and a little bit resistant, hasn't it? Um, and, you know, I wasn't sure the skill set required, what was actually needed. Um, but I really enjoyed my time there, you know, 12 years since you sit on the board and, uh, Few different presidents. Um, yeah, I got to spend time with the great Richard Pratt and was sport by some of his um, toys that he had. Slept <laughs> around myself. Um, yeah, and, and learned a lot, uh, you know, both in the business sense, but also, you know, doing the finances, if you like, and the rings and the intersecting of the club and, you know, what goes on. You know, as a player, when you know, got involved and um, can't always be innovative in, in lots of ways. Um, but yeah, it was incredibly, you know, met some great people. Uh, you know, some great experiences. Um, yeah, and at times it was challenging. You know, there was um, often disputes and next day you read about the papers. That wasn't easy as well some of the time. Um, and I guess it makes you stronger and, and, and you learn as you go along. So, you know, I was with Sticks for 11 of those years. He was obviously a great mate and he was a president for a few of those years. So it was a, um, you know, to be recruited for starting, being involved in those sorts of deals. That, that's where it makes it really interesting, you know. And, um, and the sponsor side as well. It's a great friend to still have through that connection. How do you see the Blues going this year, mate? I guess, um, you know, new coach Michael Voss and uh, a couple of great players coming over. We've got some good young ones coming through. You know, Sammy Walsh has that connection through the Hampton League with uh, with his dad, Wayne, that 
played at uh, Cobden and Camperdown in North Warrnambool. You know, how do you see the, the Blues going this year, mate? Like, there's a bit of excitement about them. Yeah, there is. There's been a bit of excitement the last few years, you know, so I'm really uh, reserved, I guess. I'm, I'm uh, hopeful rather than optimistic, uh, but they, they have certainly developed. I think, you know, I was a few weeks ago when Monsi's done a incredible job in, in, you know, bringing it all together. You know, one thing about him, he, he certainly um, is a leader and he is, you know, he's got presence about him. You know, you can just see there's, there's something um, different about him. Um, when that flows on the players, I'm sure part of it will. Um, you know, got some kids that you know probably need to uh, been there a few years now, and you know you mentioned Sam Olsen. You know, star he is he's just been incredible the last three years, and really he's back running yesterday, which is great news. Um, probably it's the first couple, a couple of games. But they've got some talent there. Our forward, um, you know, Charlie Kenner coming back. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just holding my forward to my mate a lot. I'm sort of hopeful that they uh, they can get shot down pretty quickly. So at times the first week, then Bulldogs. So. I mean, every game is pretty hard. Um, you know, we've come from the shoes of Palmer the last few years, but yeah, I, I think I think they'll be better. Just how far they go, how quick they go, I'm not sure. But you know, not everyone's got a two or three win. You know, looks at two or three years out, but they, they certainly need to improve. You know, they probably need to get some respect back. Um, you know, stand up a bit more and you know have their leaders. You know, playing well every week and then drag all those kids along with them as well. But there's definitely more talent there than the last couple of years. Um, Lee, so I'm going to give you um, a couple of quick handballs before we uh, we finish off our podcast chat. And I thoroughly enjoyed catching up with you, mate, and reflecting. Um, I'm going to give you five names from your footy journey. And if you can give me a word or maybe a short phrase just to describe the the five guys that I mentioned here. So the first one's your, your great mate, Stephen Sticks Kernahan. Fred uh, Lager. <laughs> your, uh, your coach in 1992, uh, David Parkin. Uh, incredible speaker. Justin Madden. Big Harry. Um, <laughs> Harry had three sayings. I can't remember two of them, but he said never, when you're talking to kids about, never hesitate to take a shortcut. Never set a time you can ever beat. <laughs> this guy played 350 odd games. Uh, just as a great man, and uh, he, he, I first used the ball lots and lots of times. So he's uh, he helped me uh, immensely getting uh, getting to that rough contest. Famous number 44. He's an absolute superstar. What about Wayne yeah. Johnston, mate? He was a uh, he was just a superstar in the 80s and 70s, wasn't he? Well, I think it's called the Dominator for a reason, which I think he apparently called himself and he named himself. Um, but he was, he, he was, um, he was inspirational in, in lots of ways. But I guess when I first met the car, I didn't really, I knew who he was and how good he was, but I didn't know how hard he was uh, and how, and him and Ken Hunt are the two guys just, um, just stood back and watched and just how brave and how courageous they both were. And, uh, you know, just really, never forget, you know, the first few weeks down there, just out. Intense, I guess, and how courageous they were. So, and the last one I'll ask you is Craig Bradley. Uh, another good mate, incredible athlete. Um, I should have let Ryan Sticks and Park out, by the way, too. <laughs> uh, incredible athlete, incredible sports person. Uh, he, he was probably before his time, he, he was he didn't work when he was playing the first 15 years. I think he ended up playing 20 years. He came over at 22 and so he cut his game's record. 
395 games over the years and played a lot, rolling all over with an incredible professional, um, loves his golf, playing off with him, very hard to beat. Um, tennis is very good, cricket obviously plays state cricket. I call him a professional. Love it. Mate, is there a favourite, Is there, have you got a favourite character? You've named some great names just then and obviously through our chat, but is there one person that, you know, you just loved having a good time with him, you know, you could always have a laugh or a chin wag or, you know, maybe get yourselves into a little bit of trouble without getting into too much trouble back in the early days? I think, uh, you know, a couple of guys stood out, uh, you know, and obviously the guys I've spoken about are great mates and still see a lot of them down. Um, but the guys like Jimmy Buckley, Alex Marku and uh, Wayne Arms, you know, that, I was... As I said, 18, they were in their mid-late 20s. Uh, and the way they embraced me, if you like, and, um, and a few of us, you know, they were just they were so hilarious and funny, but worked really hard, but, you know, played hard and, uh, you know, amazing times. And really, you know, Jimmy probably stands out the most. It's probably one of the most even uh, temperaments. Like, he, you know, he also had a lot of better success in the play there since then. Three flags before he was 22, I think. Um, one of BNF, you know, missed a lot of games that year. It was incredible talent, but he's... he's Demeanor after the game, then change when one last got to kick five goals, wherever you just really, uh, and probably, um, you know, most of us when you're young, you, you live your week on how you went on the weekend when you've got a kick, and um, it was so easy in that regard. Uh, you know, lessons done, it's incredibly funny. Uh, you know, a rascal as well, but in the trouble, various stages of his life, um, and he was one that probably stood out earlier on, and was winning. <laughs> And the last one I've got for you, mate, is uh, you got to represent Victoria a couple of times. What was it like to represent the big V and you know, having the great late Teddy Whitten in the background, you know, pumping you guys up to beat whoever you were playing against? Yeah, it was. We, we a couple of times. Uh, Teddy was, was incredibly funny, uh, incredibly passionate, obviously, about the V. Um, you know, we played uh, up the SCG one year and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, incredibly wet. Um, the Goggin was a coach and you know we had a really 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 good team and um, I got caught up late I think it was an injury on the summer on the weekend and we were in the squad on the Sunday and then we were sitting at Trudeau it was an amazing experience it was uh, a game it was a bit like the finals sort of the way the game was a lot more free-flowing lots of tactics so it was negating as a normal Saturday Sunday afternoon game was so um, yeah it was, it was pretty free-flowing pretty fast and uh, it was really enjoyable yeah loved it Adrian Gleeson, thank you for joining us on the 90s Club Footy Podcast, mate. Really appreciate you sharing your time and reflections on Carlton. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you, you jumping on this episode. All right, straight on. I'll see you down at Victoria Park. Doing you, mate. Doing on the, uh, the right sides. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Number 12, Adrian Gleeson. That's the end of episode number 23. If you've missed any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on all the social media platforms, so drop us a line on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter on any particular episode you've enjoyed or a guest you'd love to hear from. Next week, we catch up with a former Fitzroy and Richmond midfielder with a damaging left foot. 